Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When I was... Okay, go on. That's We're started. Oh. That's how you're introing uh, this special episode of And Yet Another Thing. We're here. It's feast or fun with us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Maureen O'Connell. I'm Emma Doran. And this is the extra bit of the podcast where we talk about something we're reading or yeah. watching or listening to. And in honour of the proper, I know the word is bandied about a bit, yeah. but the icon and legend, Tina Turner, we Tina. watched the HBO documentary from 2019, Tina. It is such a good watch, isn't it? If you've got something to do this weekend, because, you know, you could be sitting there going, oh, it's sunny. And do I want to hear the story? You want to hear this whole story, because even if you've watched What's Love Got to Do With It, there's so much more to her than what is given in that story, because that's obviously herself, a lot of herself and Ike's story. Yes. And she didn't watch the movie. No. And she's... Tina wants you to watch the doc. If you're going to watch something, she wants you to watch the doc. It's a really funny bit where she's at the Venice Film Festival in the documentary yes. sitting beside Angela Bassett who plays ah! her in the movie and she seems to have nothing like really not, but she's sitting beside her going oh no I haven't watched the movie I don't want to see this movie are you mad and Angela's like oh I want an Oscar <laughs> I loved it. how she said that though and she sat with that she didn't try to make it more comfortable for anyone else but you didn't it wasn't um it was just her being completely honest like it wasn't a diva move or anything like that like the tone of it she was just like no, no, I'll never, I'm not going to watch that. Thanks very much. I lived it. Don't need to watch it. I Yeah. I, I thought it was so interesting that when we hear tapes of her, when she gives these interviews, we'll talk about it. She says things that are so profound and they're just off the top of her head. Yeah. And you're like, this woman knows things. And she goes back in the documentary to talk about, I am not an educated person. I am a girl from a cotton field. Yeah. You know, we picked cotton. We were farmers. 
and she just has it all the the not just the strength of character yeah but the smarts the intelligence to really know who she is and what she is and everything she's gone through fascinating woman oh f- yeah because even i think the thing that i found so intriguing about her was even when she was going through terrible abuse with ike she still knew that she didn't deserve it and that it wasn't right but she was i think what makes it very like obviously that's her life and she lived it but the reality was she went in like 15 16 years 17 i think when she finally said i'm done but that's the reality a lot of the time when you're when people are in an abusive relationship because she said they started out kind of it was almost a family a family like kind of a, a brother, brother sister. sister thing and he was her family and she felt completely safe with him mm. and then um things started to change whatever. I just thought it was like it was just very it was just very honest the way she mm. spoke about it like because a lot of the time when it's represented on television I just feel like there is an unrealistic fast turnaround yeah of how things you know either like develop and whatever and I just thought like well no that's actually the reality of when people are in abusive relationships and we should say that a trigger warning I suppose that we will be discussing that because it is a huge part of her story but there is so much more so oh yeah there's so much more it's very uplifting documentary like don't go into it thinking am I able for this now about holiday weekend you know I want a bit of you'll come away from it like you'll get You'll get a miniskirt on and you'll be lashing the legs around the kitchen. You've come away from it going, I am buying the shortest <laughs> leather dress that I can find. And I'm going to wear that leather dress until I am 80 <laughs> years old. And it's going to be yeah, yeah. a powerful feminist statement. It's not oh, just totally. a fashion item. Yeah. She is so brilliant. So the documentary is laid out in five parts. Part mm-hmm. one is Tina and Ike. Then we yes. move on to part two. That is family. And that's from nine. So that's from 1970. Part three. And there's so much going on in all of this is from 1978 that is the comeback then we go to part four and part four is the story yeah and the final part is part five and it's love and a lot of people might think oh god a woman's story and we have to end on love but it is so important to her at a stage in her life when she's ready to receive the love that she has deserved and worked for yes so Let's just talk about this woman. We all know yeah. she's from Nutbush and how she met Ike Turner. It was 1957, so she was 17 going on 18. Yeah, and still she just, school. She just sat there watching him every single night asking, can I sing, can I sing, can I sing, can I sing, as he was playing. And eventually the drummer said, yeah, sing. And they were all completely and utterly blown away. Because I'd say she's a tiny woman like because she even she described herself as like this frail little thing you know like they I'd say she was tiny when she was like little 17 year old and when you think of Tina Turner and it opens with Tina Turner dancing yeah in all her different outfits in different eras and you're like how she was never frail and then you realize that Ike Turner got his hands yes on anime Bullock as a little girl Completely. And you mentioned that originally it started as family, but Ike Turner, it had an awful lot of people leave him. 
So his saxophonist got credit for a song that was all his and people kept taking from him. He's like, well, I'm the star. So that's when he said, I'm making this woman my wife because I will own her then. That's how it changed. Yeah. And she was saying herself as well, like as a 17 year old back then living in a small rural area, there was nothing going on. Like you went to school, you went to church. And both her parents had that left the family. Her yes. mom had left and her father had left. And she grew up in a house with, it sounds like, severe domestic abuse as well. So she yes. was always surrounded by it. So they were just left. She was with a cousin. And her mother, it reminded me of where the crawdads sing. Yeah. You know, she just wanted her mother to come home and she never did. I didn't, I think I'd forgotten that detail or like she she never spoke about it too much herself. Um. But about that her mother left and I know later in life she she bought her house and all that kind of stuff. And she never really talked about um, the relationship she had or like the lack of relationship she had with her mother. Uh, I just I find it so interesting compared to, you know, the way now, say, with stars, it's very much encouraged to speak about what's your journey or what's your truth or people want to put like a hook on you or an angle on you or whatever not encouraged at the time at all and she is quite reluctant to speak about stuff she's not like she'll be honest and truthful but she's certainly not kind of going oh well this is when I bring out my whatever story yeah like it's in no way contrived at all because we think of Beyonce, you think of Tina Knowles, her mother's always with yes. her. You think of Taylor Swift, yeah. you think of Andrea, her mother's always there. This woman left her and we meet her mother in the documentary and Tina says, she wanted my success, but not me. Yeah. I never got that love from her. And it's sort of intimated that Tina was a product of violence. Yes. And her mother probably couldn't confront that either. And Oprah makes the point in the documentary that they were the women because Oprah spoke about her incredibly violent past and, yes. and the sexual abuse about they were the first women who actually spoke about it but they spoke about it in a way that this is what happened to me and we're done now we move on yeah you know when I look at my mother even if when I was younger and I tried to tell her about a boyfriend she's like okay we're done with that now you know like emotional I things know. it's like I've said it and we move sure, on did I tell you about what I said to my mom we were talking about um stuff and I was like a throwaway comment. I said, I oh, should look, we probably all should have gone to therapy. Ha ha ha. The daggers, the daggers I got from my mother. She was kind of like, what? Like, she was just like, what? She took that as a slight against her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just saying, like, we were having a lovely time, a lovely conversation. And then the atmosphere completely changed. I was like, oh no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that I was fucked up because you, I was just saying that I should have maybe, that, I don't know what to say. Right? I was like, because there is this element of our parents would think therapy is to try to fix if there's something wrong. Yes. Whereas yeah. we know therapy is just going to have a chat and we've got a lot of stuff. It's a good thing for us yes. rather than the continual bottling up to create an Irish society where we're so repressed that we are spinning out of control and we imprison women for living their lives for yeah. decades and decades. And, and decades. they seem to have this thing as well that you, if there's like a time frame on it. If it was longer than 18 months ago, I should like, it's done now. It's, that's forgot. That's in the past. Uh, my mother, it's a countdown clock. 
You get the 30 seconds. <laughs> You're over it. Great. Okay, move on. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking it completely, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to get into a particular sound to yeah. kind of function like, like that. Why are you dwelling? But you can tell yeah. with Tina Turner, and we'll get to it, that it is, okay, I've said my bit now. I've told you everything. Can we move on? Oh, she yeah, even felt that time. way. But the fact yeah. that they could, they go into this, the lead up to her life with, with Ike. Yeah. And the constant touring that she was away for all, all the time. Yeah, we don't hear about any of the kids at this stage. And no. there are four, two of his, I know. one of hers with the saxophone player and then one of hers. And oh, Ike. We, to- we totally brush over that. Yeah. I was like, with the saxophone player? I was like, what? It's, it's, I found the, the parsing of it with her mother and her father yes. and also her family. She's of a different time. She's like, no, this is, do you know what it Let rem- the work speak for itself. Uh, the, the way the, the kids were referenced and the fact that they would be away for eight months at a time mm-hmm. and whatever, it reminded me, I think it's of, it's time of that era. It was like Elizabeth, um, Taylor. It reminded me of that kind of thing where they, these big stars, when they went on tours or they went off to film or whatever, they weren't encouraged to bring their family or bring their kids or... No distractions. Any of that. No. The children stayed with the the nanny or the child mm-hmm. or whoever it was. Yeah. There wasn't... It was... I think, I think the vibe was, if you want to like play in a man's world, you kind of man up. Yeah. Was... The vibe. Yeah. And Don't think it was like an option that you could bring your kids with you or, you know, like now I'm sure if you're a big star, they'll put your family up yeah, in a house and, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing or they'll no like come and visit you or whatever, but. No distractions. No. It's, it's. And it's she did say something. it was hard, like, like that. She didn't dwell on it, but she did say it was hard, like to. But for anyone who's been. You know, I'm sure there's people who have experienced coercive control, who have experienced domestic abuse, who have experienced emotional abuse. Everything she talks about without the vocabulary that we have today. That's what was that was what was happening. Yeah. She she asked at one stage, like, what's that thing when you're kind of being brainwashed? And the interviewer says brainwashing. She said, oh, yeah. So I was I was brainwashed. We'd call that gaslighting today. Yes. Because Ike. He beat her so badly when she was pregnant. That was the first real huge beating she talks about. Yeah. And trying to keep it all hidden. And he raped her. And she didn't say, she never said raped. She always said, and then he screwed me. Uh, Because that wasn't, first of all, in Ireland, marital rape was never a thing. No. Until, you know, the 90s. That's when it actually became, uh, uh, you know, it was illegal. So she would have been in a marriage where, well, he's a husband. He was allowed to do this at the time. And she says something that I was so shocked by. I didn't know that he used to put her vagina, wrap a hanger around her vagina and she would be in so much pain and then he'd rape her. As though everything of her belonged to him, that her vulva, it has nothing to do with you. It's mine. I can do whatever it is to you. The way he separated her from her own body. She had no friends. No. Kept her separated, kept her working. The only thing that she liked was being with her children and being in her room where she could get away from him. Yeah. I know. Shocking. And like... 
when she was talking about it, you could see she wasn't simplifying, or like she wasn't exaggerating any part of it and she wasn't simplifying any part of it for effect. You could tell that it was just her in her room, her with her kids, yeah. and that. And that, that was, was it. it. She does this big people magazine interview that is used throughout. It's it's not chronological. Yeah, yeah. And this is in 1981. Her manager, Roger, who sort of changed her life, she says. Yeah. Convinced her to do this, to be like. I really liked him. Really liked him. She he, loved him. He saw, went to see her first in, was it Vegas? He was managing Olivia Newton-John. Oh, yes. And Olivia Newton-John was doing a TV special, uh, Hollywood at Night or something. Yeah. And she wanted strong women to sing on this. And she asked Tina Turner and Tina was like, come see me. You know, I need, I need a new manager. And he yeah. went to see her in San Francisco where she was doing cabaret. Oh yeah, it was cabaret. Yeah. I knew it was some sort of like whatever. And he was like, this is absolutely awful. And then he's like, she did two shows a night and he waited for the nine o'clock show. Oh, the later was, show. Yeah. And he was like, they had a bit of alcohol in them. They were all up on tables. And I was like, this woman is unbelievable. And she got a bit looser as well with her own performance, didn't she? Or well, she there weren't more... children there because there yeah. was a dinner show and there was children there and she let loose. Also, alcohol. It gave Tina Turner her career. Her second career. Yeah, well. Loosen it. Get, the, get that audience. I tell you something comedy, you look at the times they were starting at seven. That's very early on Friday. Give them a chance. Give them a fucking chance to get a few drinks into them. Perfect Although when I was at your show, we probably gave them a little bit too long. Time. Yeah. I mean, the perfect amount of drinks is three. Yes. Everyone feels good with three. Yeah. And then slowly goes. And then when you're getting, when you're getting after five, then that's what happens then. Mortgages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, how Tina explains this, she's 23 years old, living with this man who's continually beating her, raping her, secluding her from everyone and cheating on her. Yes. She says, I was afraid of him and I cared about what happened to him. I knew if I left, there was no one to sing. I was caught up in guilt and fear. Yeah. And isn't that what happens to people in these relationships yeah where th- that question why didn't you leave him that's I've never lived this yeah can you imagine feeling those two conflicting moments knowing that your children are seeing this all the time knowing that you've been beaten black and blue and raped and yeah. still having these feelings I think even like in a right, like say a regular verticoms or whatever that is, like a normal relationship where people have been with each other for decades and built a life and all that. It's incredibly difficult for people to leave. But then in that situation as well, and you have the guilt and the shame, and she obviously feels huge amount of loyalty to him because, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't, she wasn't Tina Turner. She wasn't singing until mm. she met him. She met him at a very young age. And then they have this kind of blended family. And the whole thing, like any family, it all, op- you know, it all moves and operates because all these different parts are together. Okay, loads of the parts are absolutely fucked up. But that's still how the thing works. Yeah. So, yeah, you could kind of, in a way, you can... You can understand her mindset or how you, somebody would find themselves in that mindset can. that it would make sense. And, cha- and change is very, uh, is not an easy thing. 
it's hard, but she's so caught up. And in, she's in no what, supports. No. She probably like doesn't really, um, she's no real access to the money, even though she's like the money maker, but she's certainly not the money manager. She got an allowance from him. She didn't yeah. have access to any of the bank accounts. But yeah. the more you heard that question, I think in the 90s and noughties and, and maybe earlier on in the 10s, yeah. why didn't she or he just leave them? They can't. They can't. The more we're understanding about the manipulation and the control that goes on behind the yeah. scenes, the more you're like, there wasn't a hope in hell. But people started to see her going, right, this is the same old thing. They they were successful, but they hadn't had a huge hit. And it yeah. was Phil Spector, the yeah. murderer, Phil Spector of the Wall of Sound. Yeah. It was like, this woman is something else. And they record, he brings her to record River Deep Mountain High. Yeah. And when that came on the documentary, I was like, oh yeah, here we go. That's where she leaves go. That wasn't a hit in America. It was news to me. They didn't like River Deep, Mountain High. It was too God. black for white people and too white for black people. It sounds so it American said. to me though. It does, but it was a huge hit in Europe. Yeah. Huge in Europe. And I don't understand. And in that part of the documentary, you're like, this is where she gets out. You're not paying attention yeah. to the dates. You're like, she's going to go. I know. We're in the yeah. 60s here. It's all leading up to that, isn't it? She has another 11 years with the man. I know. After River Deep. Yeah. Because when it didn't become a hit in America, Ike was like, I've still got you. I control you. See, Doesn't work. Yeah, Don't try see, to get away from me. You're yeah. not better than me. Doing something different with somebody else. And it's it was just unbelievable. That was quite depressing. Now I have to say, I really thought I was like, oh yeah, this is where she she leaves and whatever. And no, she doesn't. No. And they keep on working. And she said she felt an obligation to give Ike a hit. So she's working hard for this abuser. I know. So tied up. And in 1971, what comes along? Big wheel keeps on turning. <laughs> massive hit their biggest hit that's it they're yeah. top of the charts I don't know how many videos I have in my phone or my drive of that song kicking off at a party or a wedding and, all, and you see people you see people like nibbling on like a bit of bread just going I think will we go or you know talking about the babysitter and then that starts like oh sorry I have to go and Go and dance with the gang for this. Like, you, you have to. You have to go. You have to. Like, even if you're in, like, the midst of labor. Like, no, you think you're leaving. <laughs> you've got, like, you have to. Baby. Yeah. If you your legs are high, or if you're breech, you got to yeah, yeah, wiggle yeah, the legs for proud Mary. You're child. Throw that child aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to. So that's 1971. And as she said, I was loyal to Ike, but I hated him. Yeah. And he was mute in interviews. So they become this, mm. these huge stars. They're on all the Johnny Carsons, everything like that. Yeah. And she's so funny oh, and interactive such and playful. A devil though, isn't she? Because she kind of gives him a little bit of a slagging and stuff as well. And I was like, oh. You're go- I was like, you're going to pay for that when you go home. Yeah, I know. Like she started kind of slagging him about, oh, oh yeah, no, this fellow, sure he doesn't know anything. And, yeah. Oh yeah, the ladies love him. And I watched a few extra interviews and I was like, she really went for him. Yeah. But it was their one place he couldn't hit her. Yeah. And he just sat there. But then she said that was to do with his own, um, his own insecurities and stuff. Yeah. That he didn't feel, um, if he was in an environment that he didn't feel comfortable in or whatever, he shut down a bit. Where she said she just... Yeah. And if she didn't perform, 
she would have been punished as well. Yeah. So it's just crime and punishment with them continually. Yeah. It's all stick, no carrot. Yeah. The only carrot is herself going, there's this loyalty that she has. Yeah. It didn't even feel like it was trying to please him, but it was just... When was the part when she said, what was the time frame on? So she felt like this loyalty to him and then something changed and it just turned off and she didn't... So She didn't care anymore. She, she said. There was multiple suicide attempts. Yeah. And the suicide attempts led to further violence. Yeah. Because she talks about one suicide attempt yes. in it. We go to an interview with Ike from the 2000s. Yeah. Oh, he, yes. He blames the, su- oh, her suicide attempts. Oh, you know, oh, a bit of an attention thing. And uh, she didn't like my womanizing. Not acknowledging yes. that he is kicking the absolute shit out of the woman. Yeah. And, and then he kind of asks them to start it again or whatever, doesn't he? Because he's like, it's like he's trying to watch his words, but he's not yes. watching his words at all. Yeah. And um, let me rephrase this. Let me start again. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's when she she shut off after that, didn't Because she was like, well, he's not. He's, he's, um, there's no. She kind of shut Positives. down because he brought someone into her life. Her name was Valerie Bishop. And she was like, I don't know where Ike find, found this woman. Oh, yeah. And she was a chanter. And Tina found Buddhism. And I swear to God, lads, when I watched this bit in the documentary, yeah. I almost went on becoming a Buddhist. She really said, like, I was like, look at what this, look at how it changed this woman's life. Yeah. And it is about manifesting and chanting. And she really believes in that spiritual energy of the world. And she gives herself okay, over to it. Yeah. Buddhism. And then she starts chanting in the documentary. And I, I think I watched that like five times, just listening to her chant. <laughs> okay, yeah. And that's when she's, it's sort of like she's, like, I suppose it is a transcendental thing, but she kind of separated from herself. She's like, I didn't care. So I started fighting back. Yeah. And she kind of puts up with it for a little bit. She puts up with for a little bit longer, but she starts telling him to fuck off. Yeah. And when she's gone, she's gone. That's, I thought, was so powerful. The story of her be, leaving. Yeah, because it can be so hard for people to like break free or whatever. And she just, uh, wasn't she saying that she went out on the road to find like the nearest hotel and all she remembers is kind of like lights from... A truck. Trucks. Because she was on a freeway. Yeah, but she was obviously kind of having some sort of like awakening moment as well mm. where all these, all her senses felt heightened. And um, she said to the hotel, I don't have any money. She gave but, them my, na- yeah, my name. Yeah, my name's Tina Turner. Like I'm, I'm good for it or whatever. But And then that was it. She never went back. She never, she went into hiding. <laughs> yeah. When she's telling her story of getting away from Ike, because she's had another beating, but everyone has seen it this time. Yeah. Because they were in a car and she was meant to be doing a show. I My heart was going 90 and I felt like, I really felt like cheer. I was in bed and I wanted to jump up and start cheering. It was like, you know, a plane of Americans when the plane lands on time. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, oh my God. I know. Yeah. Then you realize it was 17 years. <sighs> 17 years, this woman. More than 17, because that was, you know, their married time yes. or whatever. And you're kind of sitting there going, how the hell has she done this? And yeah. next thing she's like, people are like, well, she's 38, so she's washed up. You're sitting there going, she's, turn- she's Tina Turner. And we're getting ready 
for the Tina Turner that we all know to start coming out. Wasn't that such an amazing uplifting yes. I hate you you know that but it was yeah, it crazy was, uplifting I had no idea that it had been so that she had spent so many years with him no you don't think of it no. as being that long that he had that control over her and you nearly put it in the same bracket as kind of like you know um Sonny and Cher or yeah. you know what I mean like you're just like oh yeah no they were together and then you know they broke up and they went out on their own yeah yeah grand 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 but like she was with him a lifetime. Yeah, a whole lifetime. Yeah. Like what a lot of people have an incredibly long relationship. And then she had to do all these cabaret shows and it was kind of demoralizing. She said he didn't, give her any, he didn't give her any money. No, that's a really powerful took part everything. in the movie. She's like, fine, I don't want to fight for anything. He got all of the money, he got all of the houses, all of the cars. He got her clothes, he got her furs, he got everything. The only thing that she asked for was her name, Tina Turner. Yeah. Because he had given her that name. He changed her name without her knowing it to Tina originally and she was like I want my name and he fought her for the name and how did she he won. get I don't how did he get everything she didn't fight she was like I want away from this man because okay. she had she'd gone into hiding right so she was like and she's like everything yeah she care. started the she she started the divorce proceedings while she was in hiding yeah sort of a thing I want clean I want to be clean out of this yeah, yeah. And then her manager was like, okay, she needs to make money. She's got to pay for her kids. Yeah. And this is the bit where you're kind of sitting there going, oh, this is a years long process to become what's love got to do with it. Private dancer, simply the best Tina Turner. Yes. Because she was gone. She was a joker. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On the cabaret scene yeah. around America. Yeah. And even they do this montage of the stuff that she's like, you know, I, I couldn't get anything. And I'm like, they're such iconic performances. I know. Or the little, like they were trying to get her bits of telly. And- yeah. She did the Brady Bunch variety hour, you know, dancing away with them at the background. You're kind of sitting there going. Working like a bleeding maniac. I yeah. Say. Unbelievable. Like there yeah. is no Beyonce today or Katy Perry or Lady Gaga without Tina Turner. No. And you're sitting there going, and she had to do all this donkey work. And it was when she met her manager in 1979, Roger Davies, this Australian guy who just seems so lovely. I know. Wouldn't have paired them together at all no they both saw something in each other he had yes. to be convinced because he was like well she's 40 years old she's a woman which what am I going to do with a 40 year old <coughs> yeah know, this is the bit where my shorts are getting shorter by the second I know because this is when Tina Tur- it's called a comeback in the documentary and yeah. Tina Turner says 
this wasn't my comeback. This was my debut. I was Tina Turner for the first time. And I was like, oh my I God. Yes. Because it's not like, that's the thing that I like, kept reminding myself when I was watching it. It's not that she came to it later, you know. It's that she started when she was a kid. And she kept, she never stopped. But it took her that long. Yeah. Which is really refreshing because usually it's a case of people start late or, you know what I mean? If it takes that long. Yeah. But no, she was doing it the whole time. The whole time. But the most successful and her happiest part of her life is the second part of her life. And yeah. it is very much one of these things that you're like, oh. And this, I mean, the songs, the songs, the music changed. Mm. But she didn't actually change at all. She, I mean, she was always diff- rock and roll. Yeah, she had a few different heritages and whatever. But her persona, her dancing, her stage presence, all that, that's all. Obviously, I mean, she honed and crafted over years. But she was like, Tina was still Tina. She was just waiting for other people yeah. to like get on board with it. But she had to wait. That's yeah. the thing. He takes her on. She's 40 years old. And they get this record deal. And someone takes over the record label, which is Capital Records. And the guy who given her the record deal gets a call and it just says, oh God, what you signed this old racial slur douchebag about Tina Turner. Get her off the roster, but he convinces to keep her. And Roger's like, let's get the hell out of America. Let's get to London. This is where you need to be. They're doing exciting things. So it's 1983. She gets to London and guess what, ladies? She has a haircut. She was like, old Tina, gone. That hair, I'm gone. It's amazing what a haircut does. People uh, yes. slag us about a breakup and going, getting fringes yes. and getting hair colours. But it really does help you to change how you feel. Because then when I saw that haircut, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Tina hair. I yes. was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, I needed to get rid of the clothes. I needed to get rid of that that hair. And I just needed a whole new revitalization. So when you are going through something really hard and you want to make over, it matters. Yeah. Just, it matters. Yeah, just don't get a fringe. Don't get a fringe. Like, do whatever, do whatever suits you. Um, you know, look after yourself and yeah. all that. But just don't get a fringe. And then... There's a song that's been recorded by Eurovision stars Bucks Fizz. Oh my God. The song is What's Love Got to Do With Who It? Who saw that coming? I mean, the, I think we've heard it now since they're passing that that was a thing. And then I listened to the Bucks Fizz song. Jesus, it's got nothing to do with Tina Turner's song, does it? But like, Bucks, Buck Fizz, we're knocking around for a good... Because you think like, oh, it's just the one song, the Eurovision. And then you constantly see these things... These clips come up from, you know, back in the day, da, da, da. And then you're like, oh, there's Book Fizz. There they are again. What are they doing now? What's going on? You see Cheryl Ferguson on things. Yeah, you do. You do. You used to a bit more like, what, 20, 15 years ago? Yeah. I think she, she needs to pop up. up again. I'm just saying that. I know. But. Didn't see much of her during the Eurovision. Thought there would have been stuff going on yes. there in Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of Sonia, not so much Bucks Fizz. Love a bit of Bucks Fizz. Yeah. So basically, Private Dancer, the album, it took two weeks to record and it sold 20 million copies. Tina Turner is 44 years old, having the most success she has ever had in her entire life. I know. And she plays 
to the biggest audience a solo artist has played to, 186,000 people in Rio. And she had always said that I am going to be playing to the crowds that the Rolling Stones played to. And she did. Stadiums all over the world. Yeah, how they said the tour was like 18 months long or something. Yep. 250 something venues. Yeah. She just went for it. She is an absolute workhorse. And then you move along to when all this is happening. She had been in Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. Yes. Incredible. She looked Which incredible. is so good. She was so brilliant in that. I, yeah. I remember watching it. But when she's on that press tour, Ike Turner keeps on being brought up, keeps on being brought up, keeps mm. on being brought up. And she's like, I don't want to talk about him anymore. And he's brought up in one in one interview. She's with a young Mel Gibson. And she's yeah. like, and Ike has just been arrested on drugs charges. She's like, oh, oh, well, I wish I was hearing his name because he had a new record or something. Yeah. And Mel is like sitting there and his face is, oh, gee, <laughs> I want to be anywhere but here. I know. Did I never thought you know? I'd say it, but I felt sorry for Mel, the way he's just so. Sort of I was sitting there 30 years it. later. This is going to be you, babes. This is going to be you. It was so it's, weird. It's strange. To, but anytime he, uh, like anytime he came up Ike's name in interviews or whatever, she always dealt with it very well. Yeah. Incredibly she, well. Yeah. But she wanted it to be over. And yeah, she was done. She was done. Yeah. Being asked about it and talking about it. And, and that's when her ma- manager, Roger, said, there's this guy, incredibly talented journalist. He wants to do an autobiography. And she said, okay. Yeah. Let's do it all. Lay everything on the table and then I will never have to speak about this again. Yeah. She's that's like, why she that's why she went into it. That's what she yeah. like 100% thought was going to be the outcome. She did I Tina 1991 by 1993. It's turned into the film, the iconic film where Angela Bassett should have won the Oscar. Yeah. What's love got to do with it? And then Tina's like and then they wanted even more. They wanted to talk about him even more and from yeah. her generation much like we said. Yeah. I've said my bit. There's no much more to say. I've given you and everything you wanted. the fact that I've said it should be enough for you. Yeah. Yeah. But then of course the interview, and she wasn't doing like, she was doing a bit of press, but not all press. And you could see she's having a hot flush in an interview and she's like, can I have my fan? Like she's going through the menopause and she's like, you're asking that question. And you know, people can be like, oh, a bit testy. You're like, this woman has had to talk about this man since she was 17 years old. I she know. is done. She's done. She had to like go into hiding to get away from. Yeah. The hot flush in the middle of the interview. And you're like, and you also see it interposed of clips of her wearing the shortest, sexiest skirt and the high heels. I'm like, oh my God, menopause is sexy. (laughs) I just feel so much hope. I feel so much well, hope for my life. Le- you see, you've got the legs as well. You Everyone has the le- legs. Body positive. Yeah. Come on. Everyone so you know what? You, who her, has legs has legs. Do you know what? Her age never... Uh, no one ever actually spoke about her age. I don't... I'm never No, aware. they did. There was a lot of age. They, yeah. Like, why, are you, why have you signed this but, old I mean, douchebag? I don't remember people ever uh, talking about her age or it being like an issue or... No, I think it was parsed at the time of what age okay. she was. Yeah. But then she was just Tina Turner. Yeah. And she brought out simply the best and everyone's like, okay, let's shut up about yeah. that now. Jeez. And we get to all of this and then finally we get to love. Mm. And she met her now husband, Erwin. Yeah. In a Dusseldorf hotel. When I think romance, I think Dusseldorf. An industrial town in Germany. How beautiful. It just seems very nice and sweet. And I you know, it just seems like two equals 
two people like you know coming together to care for each other yeah it just all seems very nice and he wasn't he wasn't intimidated by her and she says she talks about love she wanted a man who was strong she wanted a man who did wear the trousers who did the business and stuff but that did not dominate me yeah and that's what she was like he was the most beautiful man that i've ever seen (laughs) and then he came to florida and i said when we get to la you're going to make love to me and in his very German way, I'm sure he said, yes, I will do that, Tina Donna. <laughs> he's so cute. And where did they end up living? Was it Switzerland? They live in Zurich. Okay, yeah. They, lived in, they moved to Zurich and she always said, I watched a lot of interviews. She was like, I was always accepted. They In Europe, they always loved me. America, she said to Larry King, I pay my taxes in America. Don't worry, I pay my taxes yeah. here. But my home is Europe and that's where they have always accepted me more for who I am rather than my past. Yeah, so she's, she was happy to kind of she was. live there. And um, she said, <laughs> Irwin says when they talk to him, and you realise he's in the background of her whole interview. Yeah. Darling, darling, how, when did we, how long did it take us to get married? He's like, 27 years after they met. Yeah. So just telling you, I've got another 20 to go before I get married. So that's absolutely fine. We're on the 20 Your year counter. No rush, yeah. Me and Tina Turner, same thing. And <laughs> when they ask Irwin about their love, he says, well, you know, I feel an electrical charge in my heart. I feel very warm about this. And I just thought this guy, this is the most, it's such an effusive and beautiful sentiment, but said in such a logical Germanic way. What would an Irish fellow so say? Perfect. An Irish fellow say, oh, she's grand. She's grand. She's grand. On a push, if he was a couple of pints in, he might say, I'm, I'm mad about her. I'm mad about her. That yeah. would be yeah. it. Yeah, and a and really then, good day. And then they'd have to slag straight away and go, yeah, sure, yeah. she makes a great fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it. And that's what Tina was like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. And we get to see inside their beautiful Zurich home. It's lovely. Yeah, I want to see that in Architectural uh, Digest. And then it's all about how she bows out. And she's like, how do you bow out slowly from from this life that I've had? Yeah, and she was ready. She was ready to though. She was just like, yeah... Which, yeah, she was done. In like, like in the, terms of public, Tina. Yeah. She, she felt like, I've done enough for you now. I've done enough. And yeah. that was the musical, the Tina Turner, Tina, the Tina Turner story is kind of the last time she really yes. said hello in she public. Went, yeah, she went out to say hello. But what I thought was so, I was like, God, it's um, still following her around. When she went out on stage was an actor, obviously, dressed uh, playing the character of Ike yeah. and he looked exactly like him yeah he really did and I was like God so what age would she have been then she was uh, 79 or something 79, 80 yep. yeah going up to kind of go out and stage uh, for Tina Turner the musical and I was like that's what a way you see to come this full circle and the way she acknowledged her story and that it is very much in separate parts yes and that she feels like different people all the time. And it was interesting that she wasn't sort of, sort of the, the, the family bit of it. The Ike bit is such a huge part. Yes. But then she was never really talked about in terms of her children. You yeah. know, and yeah, whereas yeah. nowadays it's, how do you do it all? The kids. I know. And that was like, no, that's separate. We don't go there. It's so strange, isn't it? Yeah. And the fact you, you're just kind of looking at it going like, she, what was her Because you'd be at all the time. How'd you come up with a joke? 
and what's your kids have three children what do your kids think about you doing comedy yeah or like what do most what do any kids think about their parents job like it's not how do you feel about those questions they're really fucking annoying yeah but you're trying to be nice to the person because the person's just doing their job and but the element is as the person who does the job yeah and I very much rail against can we stop just asking women about their kids it drives me insane yeah and when when I first started men were not asked at all the same they are now never yeah but they weren't and it's sort of well no they put this up on Instagram with their kids I'm like so like yeah I do it depends on the day like most times if if somebody asks me a question like that what your kids think whatever uh, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" But I usually will say some sort of fucking answer about so, you know, because obviously they have to get it done. But like, give us your stock answer. Okay, let me think what it is. Um, what do the kids think? about you doing comedy? Oh, sure, they don't care as long as there's crisps in the press and oh, oh, something like that, maybe. So basically, she's grand. They're grand, yeah. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. Do your kids them. care what you're doing? Now? Mine do. <laughs> They care so much. What are you going to tell people about them? How do you feel? I'll tell them soon. How overall, this was meant to be 20 minutes. We've gone way too long over this because I just thought this documentary was no, but it deserves so fascinating. The time. Yeah, no, it, she deserves the time. Definitely. I would highly recommend anyone watch this. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. so brilliant. And for people who are in that situation, not in that situation, it gives an understanding that I yeah. maybe hadn't had before. And it is so hopeful because we live in a Definitely. world where if you're not 27, fuck off, you're over the hill. Yeah. And when you reach my age, you're like, am I getting fired today? Am I getting fired? Is it today? Oh, is it today? And you're like, yeah. Oh, oh it's, ne- it's never too late to do it. Like, it's never too late to do anything. I'm not comparing myself to Dina Turner now at all. Don't, don't worry. But like when I remember when I started, I did my first stand up gig when I was 29 and I thought I was too old. Yeah. So I started to like, cause I wanted to do it, but I didn't, I never thought like oh, that's going to be a job one day or whatever. And the odd time now I might get a woman messaging me going, Oh, I'd love to try stand up, but you know, wouldn't whatever. And I'm like, just go and do it. Yeah. Try it. It doesn't it really doesn't. The age thing is only, I think a thing if you make it an issue. Yeah. In terms of you wanting to do what you want to do and explore like dreams and creativity and mm. all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think she's a good. She's amazing. But age is wrapped up in, <coughs> in da- self-doubt, fear. Yeah. And the perceptions just, of what society a, it's is. It's a nice, handy societal excuse that we give ourselves. Because obviously as well, it's lovely to be able to give yourself a get out you know, like, because even I know myself, sometimes I w- won't want to do things because like, oh, that's going to be a lot of hassle with the kids. What am I? What? What's that? What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm not going to be there. My partner's going to be doing that. So actually, it's not because I'm going to be working. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So there's actually whatever this line about that's going to be a lot of hassle with the kids isn't actually a real thing. That's you just making excuses. It is harder for people who are single parents. To be fair. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I've done, I've done that side of it and yeah. I totally get that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um. There's means of money, but there has to be something in the world where you, where you feel, I just got to give this a go because I'm going to be dead soon. Yeah. And I think even you can make it, you, sometimes you can do it in a way that works for you and whatever your circumstances are at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? 
because sometimes it can be hard to do uh, things that are like purely for yourself when you are absolutely fucking broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have no childcare. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you can find a way, even in the smallest thing, to like fill your heart with a little bit of your own internal joy that fills you up. You deserve it. Get a totally. fill up. Get a fuel injection. And if all else fails, whack on a bit of Tina and just get into your knickers in the kitchen, I would say. Jesus, show off all the legs. My yeah, yeah. Jesus and just Christ. give it welly. All dressing up as Tina Turner at some stage this year. I love her. <laughs> the Tina documentary is by HBO. You can find it on various streamers and services yeah. online. Tina Turner, we love you. Thanks for listening to And Yet Another Thing. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.